Hello and welcome to the Sports Technology Podcast. In this episode, we speak with Dr. Steve Otto, a mathematician from the RNA, the governing body of Gaul. Steve is the director of research for the RNA, and he tells us about his career path and the goals of the organization, including the importance of finding a balance between technological advancement and preservation of game. For more information, be sure to check out our website, sportstechnologypodcast.com, and follow us on Twitter at SportsTechPod. Enjoy! Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Sports Technology Podcast. My name is Mike Vasquez and with me today is Steve Otto. He's the Director of Research and Testing at the RNA. So Steve, welcome to the podcast. And as we begin, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself and and kind of a brief history of, of how you started out and, and how you got to the RNA? Sure. I'm, I'm, I've been up in St. Andrews working with the RNA for just about 10 years now. Um, before that, I was a, a mathematician down in Birmingham in the UK. Um, and before that, I worked over in the US at NASA for a few years. So, but behind it all, I always feel this is a bit like uh, admitting to some awful sin. I'm a mathematician by trade, and I get to apply that now into uh, looking into the rules on equipment within golf. So, can for our audience, can you tell us a little bit about what the RNA is and and what you guys do? Sure, there, there are uh, two main governing bodies in golf. There's the United States Golf Association based in Far Hills, New Jersey, and they govern the US and Mexico. And the RNA, which is based in St. Andrews, right next to the old course, it, it governs basically golf throughout the rest of the world. And we jointly govern the playing rules, the amateur status rules, and the rules on equipment which is my particular interest and we've been doing that the, the the original golf club was established back in 1754 so we're coming on for being 260 years old uh, we split away from being a golf club back in 2004 to form this the company rna rules limited which looks after the rules for golf um, as i say outside the u.s so what is the ultimate goal of the rna when you say kind of look after the rules what what kind of particular aspect are you really looking out for if, if we focus on the uh, the equipment rules what we're trying to do is trying to maintain the traditions of golf whilst not stifling innovations and basically making sure things like skill remains the dominant element in determining who succeeds in a golf tournament so we we get thousands of pieces of equipment submitted to us each year and we review that both against the existing rules and those that we think might be coming in the future to look at it and say, do we think this would change the face of golf? Is it going to give one player an unfair advantage over another player? So it's trying to keep that level playing field. And basically, our role gets broken down into three main aspects. We regulate equipment, so that's clubs and balls against the rules as they exist today. We look at whether the rules are pertinent to the way the game is played today, and we conduct fundamental research into the physics of golf. And that goes right the way from um, metallurgy, finite element analysis, biomechanics, uh, statistics, and even a bit of psychology once in a while. So over the years that you've been at the RNA, what has been or kind of what continues to be one of the, the dominating kind of projects or topics that you guys constantly see over and over again? Is there something that really dominates innovation or kind of this this battle between 
maintaining kind of the integrity of the game and and pushing on new technology it it's 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 an interesting sort of marriage between the two where technology is always trying to push the boundaries and we're we're always accepting of of that innovation but just making sure it doesn't fundamentally change the way the game is played i'd say it, it, and it's a fairly dull answer but what's really improved in the last 10 15 years or so has been the the level of quality control that's come into the production of golf equipment golf equipment now is far more consistent and, and so people can rely more on golf equipment being similar from when they buy it in a January to a, a, a July, if you like, and that applies to golf balls and golf clubs. The There were real marked changes at the start of the new century in golf clubs becoming larger, um, hence more forgiving. That led us to be fairly proactive through um, sort of 1998 through to about 2008, introducing some new regulations on clubs, but at the same time, realizing that the 60 million people who play golf also need to be taken into consideration when we're making our ruling. So it, it, there, there was a real marked change in the uh, golf ball back at the end of the 90s where people used to choose whether they used a older wound ball or a mod, a uh, more solid ball that would give them more distance. And what we found was that the better golfers would choose the wound ball because it gave them more control. After 2000, around 1999, there were several incarnations of golf balls that managed to combine that element of control and distance. So we did see an increase in the distance the golf ball went when comparing the 80s through the 90s. And then that led us in 2002 to make the statement that says the ball's going far enough. And if it goes further for any particular reason, we might see a need to do something about that. We've been monitoring the statistics very closely since. And uh, we've been on a plateau since that point back in 2002, where really, despite what you hear in a lot of the media, the ball was not going any further than it was back in 2002. Um, skill, I believe, is the dominant element in success. It's perhaps not the same skill set as it used to be, but uh, today's players are just as skillful as they were back in the 80s and 70s and arguably perhaps even more skillful in some cases. I'd like to go back to a little bit more of your kind of personal history. How did you make the jump or make the decision to from kind of NASA mathematician over to the the RNA and, and kind of the sports and technology area. It's it's fascinating. So so my my PhD is in aerodynamics. Um, and when I got back to the UK after living in Virginia, I uh, embarked on a, a number of projects in a variety of areas from sort of defense, pharmaceuticals, even in the food industry. And, and then got more and more interested in the application of models to sports. So looking at different aspects of how you could use applied math to understand um, aspects of what goes on in sport. And at that time, the uh, RNA approached the University of Birmingham to set up a, a consultancy group to look at the move to larger, more forgiving and more spring-like effect clubs. And I was a, one of a group of four that was within that uh, team. And after uh, a few years, I gradually transitioned into coming up and working 
for the RNA, setting up the testing facilities that we now run. I'm sitting in at the moment, so we have our own robot cannons, really complete, uh, complete ability to test golf clubs, at least ourselves. And so it's, it's been a great transition where at NASA, you were really looking at very small aspects of very large projects, whereas here I get to oversee really the entire um, shooting match. So quite a transition. So are you a golfer yourself? I, I am, but as my wife says, I'm very keen, not very good. So um, too much time thinking about it rather than actually uh, doing sure. playing the game, I think. Looking ahead, as, as you've kind of seen technology change over the last kind of decade or so, like what are some of the, the challenges from a governing point of view going forward? They, they, they range right from the sort of micro level where people are trying to get closer and closer to our existing limits. So they, 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 we, we have um, sort of about 20 yards from where I sat, we've got a, a digital op, um, metrology system that will measure down in the hundreds of nanometer type resolution. So there, we, we face challenges of people trying to get closer and closer to limits to try and push the envelope as far as possible, um, right the way through to people submitting stuff to us, which is so innovative that it really makes you stop and think and say actually would this be better for the game if it was to come in would it fundamentally change the way the game is played so we, we have people submitting um electronics we get everything from hats shoes bags flags clubs tees um dis uh, distance measuring devices so it, it it's an, an interesting range of challenges right from sort of fundamental engineering to really the philosophy of the way the game looks. And I assume this conversation is very complex. There's a lot of different kind of people and organizations that are, that would be involved in this. I imagine athletes and, and equipment manufacturers, the inventors, you guys doing the testing. How does that all come together in, in making a decision or kind of coming to a, a a recommendation for um, what the rules should and, and should not be? Back in uh, 2010, we, ha we held a forum in Vancouver where we met, met with manufacturers and sort of a lot of stakeholders in the game to look at how our decisions were delivered and how they were deliberated on and communicated back to the industry. And that, that set out a roadmap for how we communicate with the industry. So basically, the way it will work is a, a concern will be raised. We will conduct a research project to understand that concern and see whether we think it's a real um, threat to the game. So, so for instance, to use a, a fictitious example, if someone was to produce a, a super strength metal, let's call it unobtainium, we would then look at perhaps even sponsoring a PhD in unobtainium to see whether we think golf clubs made from unobtainium would really fundamentally change the way the game was played. If we got to a point where we thought this might then lead to a rule, we would issue a notice to all manufacturers. Those generally find their way into the public fora as well um, and get people to feedback and say, do they agree with the way that we're thinking about this? Um, but ultimately, it's down to the RNA and the USGA themselves to make a decision. Um, and sometimes people agree with it, and some people sometimes people don't agree with it. 
Um, so it, it, it sort of it, it, it involves some degree of consent, but um, really we just go out to them and ask for their opinions and then use that as part of our decision-making process. But ultimately, it's us that make those decisions. So this is a little bit more abstract question for you. So, so what gets you out of bed in the morning or what makes you excited to come to work every day? What gets me out of the bed in the morning is, is three lively boys. Um, <laughs> that isn't the answer you wanted, really, is it? So um, you know, my, my three sons are the ones that drag me kicking and screaming out of bed in the morning. The, what makes me excited is, is and it's, it's really quite sad, but it's developing models for things and seeing algorithms working and understanding the physics of what we're seeing. So it's, it's really taking a situation, looking at it, and trying to derive models for things and trying to predict what we're going to see in the future. My greatest challenge, which really didn't come into my PhD or the work at NASA, was the human. Trying to understand the variability in golfers through the numerous PhDs we sponsored on biomechanics has been one of my sort of most satisfying and also at the same time, but I guess these two things go in tandem, sort of frustrating aspect of research has been looking into biomechanics and uh, we, we've got various studies going on at the moment where we really try to challenge what golfers think um, and uh, getting them to come in and test on a Tuesday. You might get it completely different if you have them back on the Thursday. So biomechanics, I guess, is the, one of those ones that's really challenging me at the moment. That's great. So if you could give a, a piece of advice or recommendation to uh, students or someone looking to make a career change into sports or sports technology, do you have a piece of advice for them? I'd, I'd, I'd say um, con concentrate on getting the fundamentals right and try not to um, get too specific too early in life. I, I think that one of the understanding the fundamentals within the physics, whether it's within the engineering or within math, etc., is one of those things that will give you a skill set that will see you right in years to come. Trying to um, become too specific too early in your career, I, I think you'll become very good at doing that. But when you want to come to diversify, it might be a little bit difficult for you. Great advice. Do you have? Uh, um, did you ever think, kind of, as you're doing your PhD or, or something else, even your time at NASA, that you'd end up at the RNA? Absolutely no clue whatsoever, and that's the true beauty of it. I think. I, I guess um, it's it's a it's a lovely place to be in academia where you you um, get to research the stuff you love and just move on and perhaps not always worry too much about career paths. Well, I guess that might have changed slightly now. So no, it, it was not something I anticipated, but it's something I've enjoyed immensely. It's that combination of humans interacting with manufacturers, sort of academic debate, but really in a a um, sporting environment, I guess. Sure. So if people want to find out more information about uh, kind of yourself or the RNA, where would you point them? It, it's just simply www.randa.org and, and um, we have a second website, which is www.theopen.com, which is our, um, we operate the oldest of the four golf majors, the Open every July. And that, um, 
provides us with access to the best, some of the best golfers in the world and um, also funds a lot of the work that we do. So it's really those two websites that would I'd point people towards. Excellent. So, Steve, thank you so much for your time today. It was a, a great conversation and really enjoyed learning more about kind of you and, and what you do. Thank you very much. And that is the episode. Thank you, Steve, and thanks, listeners, for listening. We'll put those links up on our website, sportstechnologypodcast.com, and remember to follow us on Twitter at SportsTechPod. Thanks. Bye.